We can dance if we want to. We can leave your friends behind. Cause your friends don't Welcome to Access Nation, a podcast dedicated to the lift and access industry. Our mission is to keep you informed on the latest industry news and current events. And now, your host, Phil Dwayne. Coronavirus, please go back where you came from. You've made your presence felt here. We, you're no longer welcome. Beat it. Get out of our lives. We want to move on from it. And with that, Access Nation, I'm going to talk about the new standard. It goes in effect next week. I mean, this thing was supposed to go in effect in January, and then it got delayed. Now, just to be clear, it got delayed for a couple good reasons, I think. The people that wrote some of this, um, they want to kind of control the content and who gets to use it, and that was bullshit. Then the other one, the OEMs are the only ones that can make modifications. Well, you know, as an entrepreneur, I think that kind of takes away from your spirit. As long as you make the machine better and you're a little more crafty than the OEM and it and it helps you build a company and makes the, the operator safer, more productive, hell yes, go for it. So I like the delay and why they did it, but that's why it got held up. Now let's talk about the nuts and bolts of the standard. Now the standard's giant, okay? But let me tell you, don't be scared. I'm going to break down the differences for you. And, and let just let me tell you, I'm going to break it down in three categories. There's a design standard, which is the A92.20, okay? And that's mostly for the OEMs, and that's how engineers, and that's how the machine's made. And then the other portion of the standard is a safe use standard, which is the A92.22, okay? And then the last portion of the standard is the A92.24, which gets into the training portion. So stay tuned to the podcast. I'm going to do a segment on each thing, and I'm going to just give you the nuts and bolts of what you need to do, because next week, this shit's this shit's live, man. We've been waiting a long time, and it's here, and it's exciting, and, and I'll tell you why you need to be excited about it. Hang tight. Chasing dreams since I was 14 with the four-track bussin' Halfway across that city with the back, Labels out here, now they can't tell me nothing We give that to the people, spread it across the country Not to be brutal on the virus, but holy shit, Christy What? This, everybody is like, we took it very serious and then we went Everybody was a stay-at-home order. We're not going to play basketball anymore. We're not playing football. We're not playing baseball. We're not doing anything around people. Everybody go dig a hole in your backyard and stay in your backyard. And then we went, okay, what's this all mean? And what? So we've been through this, and now we're going to get back. I want to get back to normal life, don't you? Yeah, and it kind of feels like we're ping-ponging all over the place. First they tell you to do one thing, and then they're like, well, no, don't do that. Do this. And then it keeps going back and forth. Stay in your house all day. Oh, wait, you want to get an immunity, so get out if you're healthy. But then you need to go back to work because the economy sucks. But then, no, wait, you're endangering people that you work with. It's like nobody knows what the fuck is going on. And, you know, I don't even like to, I like, so that's why I love talking about the standard this week. And we broke down because we've been waiting for this to launch. And I'm excited because. Even when I talk to the training people, I'm like, 
I, that's halfway confusing to me. I'm not a training guy. I'm a sales guy. Like I like to talk to people and sell them shit, and I make a little money, and then if you need something, I'll find it for you or whatever. So that's the world I live in, and then we talk about training and new booms to tell you how much weights in the pipe. Okay, so product knowledge, what's going on in the industry, that's what we're going to talk about this week because we're getting done with the COVID. Yeah. You good with it? We're done. Let's not ever talk about it again. I'm fucking done with it. Okay. All right. All right. The next portions of the standard, the ANSI A92.22, it's more of a safe use standard. Okay, and that's that's shit we already do before it freaks anybody out. But they just put some clearly defined terms behind it. And when I say that, you know, how do you select a scissor lift? Well, I just told you in how they're making the scissors different, you're going to have to do this. And so it's forcing everybody to be more educated from a safety standpoint when they did the A92.2 safe use standard. There's fall protection in it. There's things in your shop, your service technician inspections. We had a way to do it, and the OEMs were sharp on it because they've been making stuff and doing stuff to the European standard. So a lot of things have already applied in this to how we do business today, but we just made it an ANSI standard for North America. So... I feel like that that safe use standard, we've been doing, we get it, nothing to be totally alarmed about, but at the same time, let's get educated, you know, and, and when I say that you have to be educated, go back to the standard A92.20. There's a group A, scissor lift, group B, boom lift. So when you talk about the safe use standard, you're going to have to understand all the different variables. Is it drivable full height? Whether it be, does it have outriggers? Whether it be, is it mounted on a truck chassis? All those things. Is you indoor or outdoor when it comes to the scissors, or which is wind rating? And so I think the safe use standard will, will come fairly easy. At the same time, if you're a rental rep, dive right into this right now, this safe use standard. I mean, you could go through the design changes, so you need to know. But if you read the safe use when you're talking to your customers, you're going to force yourself to learn the 92.20. I don't care what rental company you work for or what you do. When you put people in the air, you want your everybody to be safe. You don't want to be a part of anything that could happen bad to someone. So you owe it to your customers and you owe it to yourself to make yourself educated in this. And I don't want to over-promote every other complicated thing that goes with boom lifts and scissor lifts. But let's be experts in what we do at Access Nation. That's where I'm at. And so that's all I'm going to say about the safe use part, but... You know what, Christy, that thing costs a little bit of money, and I know every company would, would gladly ante up and buy it. Shit, we, I don't even know if I could call them and say, hey, we'll make it available at cost if we get a special deal or whatever. But at the same time, understand the safe use standard because it applies to everybody, I think, for the most part. You know, the design standards, mostly the OEMs, you know, the things they have to do and how they build stuff. And then the last segment, which I'm going to talk about in a second, is the training standard. You know, we're not training people, a lot of us. So that applies to you because you want to help your customers get trained. And if you're a trainer, you want to understand how it works. But at the same time, I like this safe use standard. Hold tight.
I broke the standard down into three segments because there is three segments. And the design standard, A92.20, that's about the OEMs. But it also involves anybody buying equipment or fleet right now because you got to know what the hell you're getting, okay? A lot of people think, yeah, it's just load sensing. We know how much weight's in the platform and it won't let you go up. Well, no, there's much more to this, okay? I think if you start reading through the standard, it loses people like me. Maybe maybe I'm different, which I know I'm different, but they say group A, group B. Well, you know what? Group A is scissor lifts to me. Group B is boom lifts in my world of Access Nation. Okay, so we say group A is scissors. And there's a type one, two, three with that. And that involves if it's drivable full height, that involves if there's outriggers involved, and that involves if it's like could be on a chassis of a truck and some other shit. Okay, group B, there's a type one, two, three as well. I just said group B, and I sound like one of those guys. Group B's booms. So pay attention to the to there's two categories, a scissor and a boom, and there's a type one, two, three. And a lot of it involves if you can drive the machine at full height or if the boom or the platform gets outside of the chassis area. So you can extend a 60-foot boom out, okay, well, so that falls into this type. And that's what you need to understand about it. From a buying standpoint, the group A, which is sizzle lifts, the type 3s, right, which is like we would know a standard 19-foot scissor that we rent, these have what they call a wind rating, or which will be indoor-outdoor. So the OEMs had to go through a test. They had to put what we say is two people and let's just say 600 pounds. Well, then they go through the test and they put the wind to it. If it doesn't meet the requirements, you can't take that scissor out outdoors. Now, last year you bought a truckload of scissors, and they were 19-footers. They fit through the doorway, and they could go indoor-outdoor. That shit changed, man. So you have to pay attention to the specs in this standard because it's in effect June 1. That's next week. Now, everybody thinks it's just load sensing. There's more to that because as a competitive advantage, you want a 19-footer that fits through a doorway. Well, they raise the rails, the rail height. Not everybody's going to do that because our old standard was a shorter rail height. And then the load sensing with it. And then the wind rating. So there's a lot to break down. Well, if you're going to make the wind rating, then you're going to have to put weight in the machine, which changes ground bearing pressures. It changes all kinds of things. So fleet managers, or if you're an owner rental company, you're going to buy a couple scissors, and they're going to be brand new, you better start breaking out the book and understand what you're getting because it's going to be different. And if you're a rental rep, you bought a truckload of brand new 19s from, let's just say, XYZ, and all of a sudden the guy's calling you, going, man, it's not fitting through the doorway. i got to mess with these rails, and I hate doing that. Well, guess what, rep? You didn't pay attention to what we're talking about here. So that's what I'm trying to tell you in this. So the first part of the standard, the design change, which is very important, and the OEMs are doing it. Why did they do this? Why in the hell are we making these changes? Well, guess what? If you were an OEM, like JLG, Genie, Skyjack, whoever, and you were making a lift, there was a specific product you made for North America, and then there's another product you make for Europe. Well, we just made it all one. By going to the standard. And these are the big things. And there's a lot more to it. And I'm not a training guy. And I'm definitely not an engineer. But this stuff's available. I'm just giving you the nuts and bolts. Hold tight. Because there's two more segments we're going to talk about. 
kind of the third segment, the training portion to the new standard, it's A92.24. I kind of want to start out with an entertaining story with this, that it used to be back in the day, a long time ago, that if I was a rep for, let's just say, Snorkel, JLG, Genie, Mark Lift, whoever the hell it was, part of your job as a rep was to go in and train the dealer you set up. And that's when we had dealers back then. Now we got a complete array of distribution network in the access rental industry. But back then you had to go do training. I will tell you that the night before, it probably involved steak, maybe pizza, maybe Budweiser, maybe Jim Beam. You don't know. But you had to go do that thing. I'm not throwing people under the bus from back in the day. All I'm saying is, that this is kind of part of your deal, man. You buy my equipment, I'll come give you training, whatever. And we did that. We sucked at it because we were sales guys. We weren't training guys. And everybody who was around back then, you know exactly what the hell I'm talking about with that. But at the same time, we got better because when somebody gets hurt on a lift, everybody loses. Everybody loses on those deals. And then we say, all right, you're good at sales, but you're a terrible training guy. And we don't want you to be a training guy. So we have these training departments. And then you see train the trainer evolve. And that was where you could send a guy in your company back to, let's just say, the OEM. And he trained you to train other people. So now we train one guy and he can train other people to train other people, which is cool. Because the more training you get, the better operators we're going to have, the more they understand about these lifts. And that's kind of how it evolved. Now, with the ANSI A92.24, takes it a little bit deeper okay i still think fundamentally it's the same as we've been doing keep in mind the oems that write a lot of the training manuals they write them for europe and this is the stuff that's going to go on in the u.s but you're going to be forced to do a little more here's the reason why you're forced to do more because you go back to ANSI a92.20 you got this group a which i'm sick of saying group a you got booms and scissors so now we're going to train more specifically about the products. Does it have outriggers? Does it not? Does it reach? Does it not reach? Does it sit within its chassis? I mean, there's all kinds. of. If you look at the, the, the categories and the types that you define it in, you understand that we're going to adapt our training towards the design of the machine. Now, here's where it's going to get a little tricky. So we're going to go do training now, and I got a scissor that was built back in 2012 do i need to train on the new standard or do i train on the old well guess what the training's the same because the things that they're going to teach you in the ANSI a92.24 is going to teach the operator to pay attention wind matters when you're up in a lift and there is a rating on on things but at the same time you're going to pay attention to this kind of thing so we're going to make everybody a little more sharper a little more focused with this and at the end of the day a safer access nation is what we want. The more people that are comfortable getting up in a boom lift and do it right and more productivity, less accidents, the healthier we are. Hey, we wait a long time to launch this. I think it got delayed and I got delayed for the right reasons, but it's here. And there's a new standard that fits North America and Europe and hopefully the whole world. Because I think this is, the, this is a great thing for our industry. I'm going to close this up. Be back.
In closing with the standard, I'm going to emphasize a couple things because I'm not a legal guy and don't ever take this as like by the book. I mean, I'm just giving you the summary. But I'm going to give you what matters to me. And the purpose of work every day, of course, you want to have fun. You want to enjoy what you do. But you go to work for money. So don't ever lose track of the purpose of why you get up every day and you go do what you do. Now, if you're fortunate enough to be self-rewarded, like you accomplish something and you feel good about yourself, that's great too because you want to do that every day. If your company called you and said you aren't getting a paycheck this week, then you probably aren't going to go to work, which means who gives a shit about a group A, group B, type 2, 4, 5, 6, whatever the hell it is. When it comes to money, I mean, you got OEMs, they're hurting right now. I mean, not only did the COVID crisis hit them, but now they're going to have to sell a boom 4 to 6% more than what they did last year. And I'm guessing if your yard's full of equipment, you're probably renting the shit cheaper than you ever have because you're sick of looking at it. Okay? But I'm going to tell you, if you've invested in new booms or new scissors or any new aerial products that has the new standard, ask for more rental rate. You're going to pay more for the machine. If you bring the value to your customer, he will pay you. If you don't feel like you're knowledgeable enough of the machine and how he uses it, make yourself educated. But if you don't raise the rates, the rental rates, after you're taking a 4 to 6% price increase, dude, come on. I'm going to emphasize that the most out of all this. Look at all the people, resources, time, engineering, money that got thrown at this. You telling me on a 19-foot scissor, if you want to, 10%, you can't ask for $40 more a month for this new this new scissor that has a this rating or this or that, or you helped inspect the job, you did a risk assessment with him, you understand the, the whole application he's working in. Let's be professionals in this, and you'll get more rate, but you got to ask for it, number one. Number two, you got to know what you're talking about. This standard forces you to do that. I'm in the re-rental world. I look at the rates, and I see what things go for. I'm like, holy cow, man. I picked the wrong business to fall in love with sometimes because I really don't know how this stuff works for some people. But, man, I really care about the industry and the lift and access world. Hey, I hope this is informative next time. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed belong solely to Access Nation and are not necessarily those of its affiliates, sponsors, or business partners. This podcast is not a substitute for an ANSI, CSA, or ISO compliant training by a certified professional.